Hello again and welcome to Chat, Grapple and Cheat Pops with me, JB and Chris Dredd. Yes, yes. What's happening, people? Hope everyone's all right. We have had a few changes. We are obviously here on YouTube and you can see our faces, but there's been a few changes. We are now everywhere. Everywhere. Um, I'm going to start a small list. And if you don't recognize any of these places, you know, feel free to check them out and try and find us. We are now on Spotify. Listen Notes, Stitcher, Podbean, Deezer, Castbox, Google Podcasts, and iTunes. Mad, isn't it? We're, we're everywhere. It's, it, and the the crazy thing is, right? When when me and Jordan started doing this, and we thought, yeah, we'll do a bo- podcast and that bang bang it on YouTube, and that you know a video one would be really nice because we can show bits and bobs as we're doing it, and people get to see our mugs and whatnot. But then. Jordan was approached by people and people said, oh, how, well, you know, how come you ain't on this and ain't on that? And we thought, you know, what, why why not be like, um, you know, a listener podcast as well? So we've we've basically uh, we're taking over. Um, we are, you know, we're on everything now, as as um, Jordan was saying, you know, Podbean, Spotify, Deezer, CastBox, uh, Google Podcasts, um, Listen Notes, Stitcher and iTunes, Apple Podcasts. We are. We are on the lot, and um, we we just want to say a thank you to everyone um, that listens to us. Basically, you know, we are we're trying to get a little bit more exposure. We're trying to get a few more listeners, trying to expand the audience because we really enjoy what we're doing. Um, we hope that the listeners are enjoying what we're doing. We've got quite a nice little following now on YouTube, and we're hoping to translate that into the podcast world. So, um, you know, we're also on Twitter at Chat Grapple Pops on Twitter and at Chat Grapple Pops on Instagram as well. Jordan is heavy on the Twitter. I'm starting to get a little bit into it as well and starting posting a few things on there. I posted a mad funny video yesterday of uh, some woman on uh, doing pole dancing. She ended up getting put through a table and being broken in half. And uh, I really enjoyed that. So, yeah, I mean, we're just we're just loving it, you know, and um we just thank everybody for listening and tuning in. And we hope if you can't catch us on YouTube for whatever reason, if you can't listen to that at work or whatever in the car, um, you know, you can bang on a podcast, download it and still hear our dulcet tones in your ear. Well, that's, that's perfectly. If you're sick of seeing our faces, <laughs> just listen. Um, for anyone that is listening, Chris is wearing his S-A-W-F-T T-shirt. Surf. which is uh which is always fun enzo we miss you <laughs> we do enzo, miss you enzo back. yeah um and i i'm gonna show it but there it is lovely the chat grapple and cheap pops podcast hoodie and again i'd like to thank my good friends over at treeoflifeframing.com for that one cheers they guys frame anything Indeed, anything. Also, another little quick shout out to um, Rene Orin Hajek and a couple of groups on Facebook. Um, myself and Jordan are a member of a few groups on Facebook. We're collectors, so we collect this and that, everything to do with wrestling in general. And um, he, uh, Rene Orin, I don't know how it's pronounced, sorry, bro, but um, 
basically he sorted me out some stickers. So the Hasbro rings that everybody's got, the stickers sometimes go a bit manky and he's got replacement stickers of those that you can just print out. Obviously he doesn't want people getting them just to sell them. It's for the community, for the collector's community. Um, and he's also got custom ones. So he's got King of the Ring, he's got Royal Rumble, he's got loads of different custom bits. And uh, we'd like to give a shout out to the group as well. We'll be posting the podcast up in the groups. He's got um, WWF Hasbro Universe, which is a buying and selling site. And uh, WWF Hasbro Generation, which is just for collectors where we just show our stuff and the dick swinging contest on who's got the most uh, figures, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so... Uh, Shout out to Rene or Reen Hajek. Big up yourself, mate. Thank you. Last night I got the files and I will be replacing my stickers on my rings very soon. Uh, yeah, anyone that wants to check out Chris's Hasbro gear, you know, I'm sure he's got time for you anytime on Facebook yeah. or even on Twitter. We might even start posting some stuff on Twitter. You know, we've both got extensive collections. And we have. And uh, if you watch this podcast on YouTube, you will be able to get a little sneaky peeky of a few little bits and bobs from from week to week. So Jordan's got a couple of bits there and I've got a couple of bits here that are relevant to this pay-per-view that we are watching today. So if you're listening on the podcast, thank you very much. That's absolutely fantastic. But if you're watching on YouTube, um, thanks to our 130 odd subscribers that we actually have now, which is uh, absolutely welcome. welcome. It's, it's amazing. Um, you will be able to get to see these little things that we are going to show you through this, which are related to this pay-per-view. And what is the pay-per-view, George? WCW fans, this is the one for you. It's uncensored 1997. This, I mean, I watched this. We watched this again. Uh, I loved it. Every, almost, almost every minute of it. You know, yeah. it's, it's in front of an amazing crowd. You know, like some some hilarious people in the crowd as well, which I'll get to later on. <laughs> um, now we caught up with Nitro just beforehand. We, we, I mean, I'm happy to give a quick recap of what happened on Nitro just before what happened at Uncensored. Well, we we watched a couple of them actually, yeah. and they were both like two hour specials. And there was a lot of stuff going. I mean, there there was a crazy amount of stuff going on in these Nitros before, yeah. man. Um, a crazy amount. Um, Eric Bischoff, our wonderful executive producer of WCW, was relieved of his duties by Dr. Harvey Schiller, who, I mean, in my brain, for some reason, I only just watched the Chicago Bulls documentary, The Last Dance, and I believe Michael Jordan calls Harvey Schiller a dick in one of the episodes. <laughs> Completely not based on anything around TNT or WCW, but he calls him a dick, and I just thought it was, thought it was funny, and I had to bring it up. Um. And yes, yeah, Sting had been walking out with the NWO. Yeah, that was uh, that was strange times. He was walking at the back of the group. He was just sort of taking it all in, I guess, and enjoying, like you know, being with the cool gang for a bit. He was like a mannequin, though, bro. He weren't saying yeah. nothing. He was standing there. They were doing their promos in the ring. He was literally just, you know, not not moving. Uh, you know, at, at one point in one of them, they put a T-shirt on him, you know, and it, it, right in front of him, you know, and he weren't doing the, he weren't doing the hand gestures or anything there, you know, Bischoff's patting him on the back or whatever, you know, it yeah. was really weird. He was like, he was there, but he weren't there. 
uh, yeah, uh, team. Well, Roddy Piper was setting up for his team at the uh, at, oh, at the view, and he had tryouts. Um, which I mean, booking wise, I thought was really strange because he had tryouts. He ended up picking three guys, one of whom was John Tenter. You know, shout out, rest in peace to the earthquake himself. Yeah. Um, and then the next week, he replaced them with the Horsemen. It was it was weird, dude. Like, what? Almost, I, I, almost like they were filling time on the Nitro where they did the tryouts. It was crazy, dude. Because if if every anyone's got the network, all right, go back and watch these Nitros. It is one of them's the tenth of March, which was just the one before this, and then obviously the one would be the third of March, maybe yeah. third or fourth of fourth of March. So yeah, it's, you've it's got the Nitros. Oh man, they're, they're like they're too out, but it's well worth a watch because it's setting up. It's see you're seeing the booking, you're seeing how everyone's being played against everyone, and you just it, it's a really weird time in in WCW, man. It is like it, it's almost insane. It's, as, it's, as chaotic it, as their shows are, they are winning. Oh, they're winning, that, and and, and it was chaos. They're they're winning the war. They're smashing up the WWF every week at this point and I'm sure Bischoff is doing poorly executed cartwheels every Tuesday when the numbers come in but <laughs> they're, they're, they're smashing it and the shows are just they're just mad absolute lunacy um you know it is it's just madness but it's a beautiful madness that we yeah. like to call late, late 90s WCW <laughs> um, <laughs> We are in the North Charleston Coliseum, which in South Carolina, which is a massive. It used to be a huge NWA hotspot. It's a huge WCW spot. Always get a hot crowd in the Carolinas. It's a huge but, horseman area, dude. Oh, it's big. Like it's horseman country for sure. Yeah. And you know you're getting a decent crowd. You're getting like in. Fair play to WCW. They always, you know, they put the, some of their big pay-per-views in the Carolinas for that reason. Um, there is a dark match. Ice Train beats Max Muscle. Uh, Max Muscle was that massive, like, roided-up fella who didn't last very long. Um, and Well, this is on the night, isn't it? But it, was, it yeah. wasn't on the... It's not on the network version. No, this is, yeah, this is just a dark match. But... You know, Ice Train, he'd been around for a long time. I think he started in, like, 93. Was, you know, I, I, I did really want like to mention a, a weird thing that I... I um, a guy that I'd forgotten about, but when I was watching the Nitros preceding this, you had a guy called Hardbody Harrison. You remember Hardbody Harrison? Yeah. He, uh, he, he's he been involved in a lot of... Uh, I think he's in jail at the moment for, like, you know locking women it up is. and, and, and yeah. basically prostitution, all that craziness. And he's a character that I'd completely forgotten about. And I saw him and I was like, oh, shit, man, hard body Harrison. Um, and, yeah, like I say, please watch these Nitros before because it's they're, they're crazy. One of them was spring break. Um, it, it was just absolutely crazy on a massive swimming pool where they had the ring in the middle. I thought someone was going to end up in the water. Um, they normally you know, do. To be honest, on those nitros, it was those nitros are absolutely insane. Um, 
especially the one at spring break it was just absolute craziness beautiful though you know those events that um wcw used to put on they were so different because they'd have them at the, all these different kind of places you know they they kind of innovated the 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 sometimes they went well and sometimes they didn't go well um you know like the bash at the beaches and they had these things where they were actually at like malibu beach or whatever you know when, yeah. Yeah. you know and they they tried you know they 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 bloody tried and sometimes it was brilliant and sometimes it it didn't go too well but the innovation was definitely there the outside the box thinking so that's why i just drawn to that nitro just before um and that's the one where the horseman you know there was a, there's a <laughs> there's a part in it because basically like you said uh hot rod picked a team of these like misfits and John Tenta. It was just crazy. He had people coming in fighting him and one was a boxer, one's a karate guy, one's a this, this, this. And then basically the next week on Nitro, the horseman came out and it was just an absolutely nuts promo of Piper in the ring with the horse, with his team. And then the horseman coming down and Ric Flair and that doing a load of strutting in the ring. And then, you know, he was, he was going crazy and then Piper's doing strutting and it was just, Oh, it was beautiful. In the middle of a ring, in the middle of a swimming pool. This won't be the last time we mention Piper in a crazy promo to, in this show. Oh, dude. It... <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's something we will get to. <laughs> but we'll start the show. Um, Tony, Dusty and Bobby the Brain uh, in the booth tonight. They welcome us and we get, we get our very first, if you will... From Dusty. That's right, uncensored, uh, if you will. <laughs> um, How good was his jacket, us... though, dude? How good was his jacket? He was rocking like a Michael Jackson red leather jacket. Red oh, jacket is it was else. divine. Um, we'll get to more on Dusty in the show because he is in fine form. <laughs> Him and Bobby, <laughs> as always. Den they they mentioned that Dennis Rodman's in the building. He's there. He's you know. I got a lot to say about Rodman. It's not necessarily based on this show, but you know, Dennis Rodman at the time was money. So, you know, he's a he's a NBA champion three times in a row. Or I'm not sure if he's, he hasn't won the third one at this point, but he's you know he's he's big business and he's just he's a wild character. So he had a few fights. You know, in NBA there was always been there was an era where there was a lot of on. On you know fights on the on the basketball court, especially, especially in the early nineties. Yeah, you know there was a lot of fights and Rodman. You know, and also it has been said that WCW actually encouraged him to have fights on the um on the court at certain times with certain characters. But well, they, you know, they encouraged him to skip practice, so <laughs> and they paid him well well enough for it. Yeah. Um, our first match of the evening. Everybody's favorite. Yours and mine, Chris. Dean Malenko. Nah. Against uh, Eddie Guerrero for the US Championship. Could we just say as well, um, when Dusty, Tony and Bobby are sitting there, they tell us that obviously the previous Nitro, that Bischoff has been suspended. He's not there. And also they explain that every match is no DQ in this. So they're, they're, they're trying to tell you the rules, obviously uncensored, the whole uncensored, theme of it. Yeah. You know, no DQs. And but also, so that means that, they make a really they make a big point of it of this first match being no DQ. They even put up a big graphic on the screen saying this yeah. is no DQ for the US title. So you can go over the top rope, but then funnily enough, 
people in the final match get eliminated when they go over the top rope. Yeah. So it was a shock in the first elimination of that match when someone goes over the top rope and it's like, oh, no, oh, actually, yeah, he's eliminated because top rope. But, yes, they do make a big deal of it. Yes. So, yeah, it's Dean Malenko, the Iceman, one of the top workers in the world, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Against Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I noticed it straight away. There's a steely look in Malenko's eyes. He's coming down to the ring. He's he's on a mission tonight. He's going to put on a show for us. And it, to be honest, I, my my major problem with Malenko is the fact that he don't sell very well. He's not very good at um, putting the other guy he's working with over. But to be fair to him and to be fair to all our listeners and to you, it's going to be a more positive <laughs> view of Malenko in this match. Um, but I think partly it's um, the fact that Eddie Guerrero's a bit stiffer on him and actually they're friends, you know what I mean? So I think that has a lot to do with it in, in, in the way they interact in this match um, and his selling doesn't consist of a quick head shake and then back to the, you know, to, to business. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, now this, this, there's a story, the backstory here that is, you know, has Eddie been breaking the rules? I mean, this is something that Eddie would be known for later on, you know, breaking rules and the Heenan says he wouldn't trust him, but Bobby Heenan wouldn't trust anyone that, you know, didn't pay him money. Yeah. Which I thought was fun. Um, something I noticed because this crowd is, this crowd is hot. They're into, they're going to get into things and they, they really got behind the Malenko stomping in the corner or as Dusty, you know, talking about stomping mud holes <laughs> There's a beautiful, beautiful bit in this between him and um, the brain, you know, when they're talking about mud holes. And it, it, it's, it's, it's so beautiful the way Dusty does it. Like, he's like, yeah, the, the stampede has become the stamp, you know, the, the guy was stamped on, the stampede says, has become the stamper of the mud holes. My director of mud holes. Yeah, like, <laughs> our, our director of mud holes, the dream. Um, it's just beautiful stuff, man. Um, they also make a point that the referee in this match is Randy Peewee Anderson, who back, um, yeah. was sacked um, by Bischoff. Um, and he's, yeah, he's been brought back. And he's actually a little bit taller than Malenko. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's my problem with this match. Okay. There's a commotion in the back. Rick Steiner's down. He's yeah. meant to be in the main event. He's surrounded by the outsiders who, you know, make a great crack about saying the Steiners are having some bad luck lately. You know, I think this is really disrespectful to the US title match going on in the ring. Fuck yeah, because man. they cut away for so long. And I think our US championship match with two great workers needs a little bit more respect. They could have yeah. they they double screened it. You know how much I love the double screen. Or they could have just done this after the match. It, it did take away uh, from the action in the ring... Um, I think they obviously the ref would have said to him, look, put in put in a rest hold or whatever. Um, they're going to be cutting to to back to, but it does it does take away from the action in the ring, and it is a bit disrespectful because you know I mean, but this is a sign of things to come. You know, it is it is a sign of the NWO uh, kind of 
take, taking over the the pay-per-views, taking over the nitros, and just kind of, you know, um, just basically taking over. And uh, it's hard to follow, and it is a bit disrespectful. It's, um, yeah, they cut to six National Hall and Steiner's on the floor. Um, and then they obviously... They, it's, it's funny, there's a bit where... He, uh, Dream says, yeah, am ambulance. And they 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 got putting him in an ambulance. Steiner. It's just the way he says ambulance. It's just amazing. Um, and you've got Hall actually saying, oh, he's he's known as a troublemaker because they cut they cut a second time. So they have the first time yeah. when they cut to what's happened and you've got Steiner lying down and then you've got them saying, oh, bring we need medical attention. We need medical attention. Then they cut back to him again when they're actually putting him in an ambulance. And, um, you know, you've got Hall just saying, yeah, he's known as a troublemaker. He's known as a troublemaker. Telling the EMTs and that when he's put... I don't know what the point was of that. And he's saying, um, yeah, take your hat. And they put the hat on his chest and that when they're putting him in the in the ambulance. Um, yeah. Um, also, um, Eddie smashes um, Malenko with a rock bottom in this match. Have you got that? <laughs> Great I mean, stuff. I mean, yeah, I suppose it's... Uh... He's still Rocky Maivere at this point. He's not even turned heel yet, has he? So it's correct because we we're, we're just around um, the time at this time you had on the twenty third of March. Bear in mind this is uh, the sixteenth of March. So then you've got maybe a week or so later. You uh, a week later, you've, it's WrestleMania thirteen going on yeah. at the same time. Because I always like to to tell the viewers, the listeners and that like, all right, so uncensored 1997 is what WCW is doing at this time in WWF, literally the same week. You've got Bret Hart versus Stone Cold in that submission match at WrestleMania 13, which was a, a, a great match. Um, but you can see the difference in the products at, at this yeah. time. Um, you know, from, and like I say, so we had WrestleMania 13 going on in, in pretty much the same week. Uh, Tony uses the word surly, and Dusty says, "Don't call me Shirley." That's correct. <laughs> That's correct. I've got here. I've got here that Malenko's selling well in this. I've got it on my notes. No, he, no, and that, that's the point I'm going to make. He is shit at selling. Usually, I think he doesn't sell. Um, he, there's there's pushing a hard man gimmick or a, 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 a ice cold gimmick, but also you've got to understand physics. And when someone kicks you in the face or when someone does a move that is devastating, you've got to sell it. Because if you're going to ultimately beat the guy, you've got to make them look good before you beat them. Because then it makes you look better. So that's, like I say, that is my major problem with Malenko. The fact he could work, fantastic. You know, the school uh, of uh, the Malenko school has trained so many people, including one of my favourites, Gangrel. Um, you know, and actually, funnily enough, guys, just to mention Gangrel, he was trained by Malenko. Uh, he's got a really good shoot interview um, by the Hannibal TV. So, I mean, shout out to Mr. Gangrel. Liked a couple of tweets of ours this week. Um, a picture of me and Gangrel in St. Albans, Hertfordshire, when I went to go and see him in a show. So, um, hopefully we can catch him when he comes back over here. Um, Dave, lovely bloke. Um, but yeah, he was trained by the Malenkos and a lot has gone through their school. And so don't get me wrong, Malenko, great worker, great moves. But I was just, you know, but as you say, in this match, sell him well. I think it's because it's Guerrero and he's a bit stiffer with him as well, you know, and he's, yeah, great. Good, good, good stuff. I, I've got a big up Malenko in this match. Um, 
I've got here that the booth has lost con- concentration on this match. I think it happens a couple of times. It happens yeah. definitely in the um, the street fight, the it Texas takes, Tornado. It takes, away. it takes away from what's going on. Um, Eddie puts on a figure four, gets a nice, uh, nice little cheer from the the horseman crowd, and he grabs the ropes as well yeah. to push the fact that he's cheating. Uh, he hits, he hits, he goes up to the top rail and ends up hitting the hitting the rail in the uh, the railing on the outside as well, which it never looks comfortable for me. Like I just, it always looks like it's uh, a it tough spot to, to get involved with. <laughs> in, uh, I've also got here, Eddie executes his moves. It always precision perfect, always beautiful. It's it's technically wonderful. Always. Yeah. And I there's mean, no, if, if given the choice, no I would choose Guerrero over Malenko any day. And that's just me yeah. because, you know, I, I just love the way he executes it, the way he jumps, the way he was jumping around the ring and moving around the ring, the way he goes in between the ropes, goes up to the top. It's just absolutely effortless. You you know that he's been doing this from since he was a kid with a, a, a ring in his back garden, playing with his cousins, wrestling since he was he was old enough yeah. to walk, you know? It's, yeah, it's really something like it's Beautiful. He's never out of place. Yeah, it's oh, so good. Um. Malenko hits a frog splash. That was quite a, a. It's good. Yeah, it was a good yeah. spot for me. And the way the face he gives when he's pinning him as well, he's like, "Oh, I just hit a frog splash." He pulls him up before three, and I, I thought, "What, well, what a stupid spot! What, a, you know?" Yeah. I, I get it. Like, you know, he, he's got the ump with him. He doesn't he like wants, him or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, just get the win, get the championship. Um. That's that's my opinion anyway. Um, Eddie does the clover leaf. Yep. Um, and then uh, six, Mister Walkman comes down from the from the NWO. He comes down to steal the title. He's got a camera, like a little handheld camera, in his hand. Yeah. Which he, I'm not sure whether this is a botch or not because he tries to hit Guerrero and it just it flies out of his hand. Um. I, I think I think they meant to. I'm not sure whether it was the belt that he was supposed to hit him with or the camera, because that yeah. then becomes a, a international object that is used. International object. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, yeah. Uh, the the camera ends up in Dean Malenko's hands, and he he waffles Guerrero with it. And he wins. He gets a three count. And I, I noted this down. It's a huge pop for the new champion. Yeah, I, I mean, huge is debatable. But yeah, there was a pop. I mean, there's bigger pops on the show. I understand that. <laughs> I, I think I was just a bit sour about um, Malenko <laughs> being going over. But um, it, it's one of these things where it's, it's funny with the story because in the in there was a promo by Malenko in the weeks before on the Nitros saying, oh, Eddie, yeah, I think he was on commentary one week, weren't he? On one of the Nitros, they had him yeah. on, on commentary and he was saying, oh, Eddie, he, he won the belt by cheating and all this and, and stuff like that. And, and then he did another promo the next week in the ring saying, this is a nudie Malenko and, and saying, I'm going to win it clean and all that. And then they win with a finish. I'm not sure about the booking. Maybe it was just NWO wanting to get involved again with this particular belt. 
we have our first sighting of Mean Gene of the evening. Uh, he starts plugging his hotline, which uh, I he, he does it every show, so it's not it's nothing new to us. Who, who was the guy that they said, oh, we've got hot news on the WCW star that is no longer with WCW? Someone has left, yeah. I'm not sure who it was, but I... Yeah. The thing is, with the with the with the hotline, it's usually, it's usually someone in the in the bottom part of the card. It was never going to be a main event, and they're all there. Yeah. So um, he brings in Roddy Piper, and this is the promo we were talking about. Holy shit! Yeah, he is as batshit crazy as ever mm-hmm. here. Yeah, he's rambling. He's t- he says, you know. He's not talking about the Queen Mary, but speaking of Rodman, he's like, uncensored. My whole life's been uncensored. What's this different about today? He says Rodman was the one killed. It's like... And he was talking on the nitros before as well. He kept going on about his hip. Yeah. Kept going on about he's got one hip or he's got a metal hip. And uh, they mentioned WWF. In, on the nitros, he mentions them on the on the nitro before, and he says, "Yeah, WWF, they 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 basically wanted to get rid of him because they said that no one with one hip wrestles in their company or whatever." But he said, "When I was wrestling Gold Dust, I had one hip, and I remember that match, and we should we should cover that event because that match was absolutely fucking insane." So, um, people get he gets run oh. over. It's one of those cinematic matches that have made a great comeback in the past uh, Nuts. couple of months. Um, and yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, this is this is around about the time where Hogan calls Piper Pegleg Pete, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the horsemen walk in. Jarrett walks right through the shot. I mean, I think that's hilarious in itself. It's great, but actually, when you say the horsemen. Let's also just make a note now that Flair and Arn Anderson weren't even at this event. They oh, weren't even missing. there. Yeah. So it, it's Horseman, but not quite. It's Jarrett. It's Mongo. Mongo's in the building. He's in the building. Baby <laughs> doll. And Benoit. And I mean, it, Mongo's a decent promo. Uh, it's, a de- uh, it's a decent pr- promo. He, he gets uh, Roddy seems to like it. Um, he gets quite yeah. excited when Mongo's speaking because um, I, I I mean Mongo's Chicago Bears was he? Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, he's there. And he's saying about Rodman. I'll show you who the real icon is in Chicago. Yeah, Bulls and Bears. Yeah, so. you know. Um, yeah, so I've got here. Mongo's not a bad promo. Um, Piper gives a pep talk to Benoit because Benoit's not speaking. And he, you know, tries to give him a livener. And yeah. and at the end of it, you've got Tony Schiavone perving on Deborah McMichael. So Yeah, dude, it's um it's it's crazy because um you know it, I s I've I've got written down here ranting Roddy. And he, he he's you know, he's on fine form, you know, he's got a few zingers in there, a few one liners, and then Jarrett comes in and you know, to make a point, Vince Russo loved Jarrett. Um you know, it's one of those ones. That's something that was mentioned in Gangrel's shoot interview as well, that uh, you'd go and try and speak to Vince Russo and he'd always be there with Jeff Jarrett. Um, and it was notable that when Russo was in WCW, Jarrett had a few title runs. 
But um, one or yeah, two, yeah. Yeah, you know, so Jack Jarrett there walks across the shot. McMichael gives a good little promo. Benoit gives this kind of subdued little bit. But then, yeah, at the end, Deborah was going to speak, and 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 Gene says, "Oh, you know, we were going to speak to Deborah, but now, uh, Tony, straight to you guys." And then Shivani says. Oh, we don't need to hear from her. We just need to see her sometimes. We just need to look at her. Yeah. And uh, that's uh, such a 1997 thing to say. You couldn't get away with that now. Well, but, uh, I mean, plenty more to come in the Pervin department. Oh, dude, it's it's <laughs> incredible. That ah, oh, that. <laughs> I mean, what what was this? Um, I mean, it says this video cassette is uh, exempt from classification, but. There's some double entendres. There's a bit of blood. Yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, you know, um, there's a, a nudie magazine that has been uh, that will be exhibited shortly. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's crazy, dude. Crazy pay per view. <laughs> we uh we move on. Psychosis uh, against Ultimo Dragon, who's with Sonny Ono. Um, I like Sonny Ono as a manager. I thought he was fun. I I love him. In the to show us. Uh. You've got a bit of memorabilia to show us, haven't you? I have got a bit of memorabilia. It's one of my favourite bits of memorabilia, and it is a signed psychosis with its little certification there from uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. Shout out to you guys. But, yeah, that's him and Rey Mysterio in ECW. Um, right. And, yeah, I mean, I, like, I love Sonny Ono. Um, sorry, guys, if you're listening on the podcast and you and you can't see this beautiful picture of psychosis. But if you go to YouTube and our channel, Chat, Grap- Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast, when you've got time, then you can check it out. But uh, yeah, it's uh, Sonny Ono, really good character, really good little heel manager. Great stuff. Dusty calls him, Dusty calls him Sonny Bono. Sonny Bono, he, he does. He calls him Sonny Bono. And he comes walking down with a camera and he's taking... I I mean the original selfies. The original selfies are Sunny Ono baby with uh, as Bobby says with a Japanese camera. Um and this is when they mention wcwwrestling.com. Um this is the early days of of really the internet being accessible for most people and the the pictures that Sunny Ono was taking uh, they say are going to be available on www.wcwwrestling.com. Which is, um, you know, Correct. like I say, it's good, good the way things were going forward. So it was essentially World Championship Wrestling, wrestling.com. Yes. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't know, man. It was 97. They didn't think about shit like that. Come yeah. on, man. <laughs> Mike, Mike today joins the booth. Um, I saw, I noticed this. Dragon's laying in some heavy kicks. Yeah. He's not exactly holding back. No, uh, psychosis has got heavily taped fingers as well, really heavily taped hands and fingers. I mean, these guys were wrestling. They say about it in in, in the um, commentary as well, you know. But they they were wrestling in Mexico like four nights a week during the week, and then going they were on on nitro on a Monday, you know, and on the weekends and, and then pay per views. I mean, these guys. And at one point, uh, you know, <laughs> Bobby Heenan says they go in between Mexico and America on rickshaw. Yeah, um, I bet that. 
<laughs> Brain says that Dragon travels by stretch limo rickshaw, yeah. which has Dream in hysterics. Dream is he's killing. There's there's points in this where Dream loses the plot laughing. He, yeah. He's just screeching laughing, and it just it's so funny to when you're listening. It's it's, it's great to, to stuff. Hear, hear people have a good time whilst they're doing their work. Beautiful. It's like yeah, um, <clears throat> it's a bit of a botched leg drop. Psychosis catches Dragon on the nose. Um, and it doesn't look like Dragon's enjoying that one. No. Uh, where, uh, where Dream says that he himself trained in Tijuana with Limo Rickshaw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said, I did a bit of training in Tijuana myself. And then they say, come on, Dream, come on. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. know whether that's a, a, a hooker's reference or, a, you know, I don't know what kind of training he would be doing in Tijuana. But, um, yeah. I've... I've got here that it's a slower cruiserweight bout. It's not, and the crowd aren't exactly into it. No, you're right. It is a bit slower paced. Um, it's not your but 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 but. You know your catches catch can. Uh, I love that saying. Um, catches catch can kind of match. It is a little bit slower, but I think it adds to the impact of the specific individual moves that they're doing. But maybe these two guys are fucked. I mean, they've probably been wrestling all week, every single day of the week. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, but still, a great suicide dive um, by psychosis. I, I, need to, I need to stop for one second because there's a guy on the hard camera in the crowd who you can't take your eyes off because he's dead centre all night long. It's the guy with the sting face paint yeah, the white, yeah. The jeans and possibly denim shirt. And yeah. it is so off-putting. <laughs> when he just, and, but it's, it's funny, but like, it's, it's. I mean, why would you let anyone sit there dressed like that? It's he's, funny, he, I, I, I clocked. double denim and a, a sting face paint. It, it, it's funny, but I clocked directly behind him, maybe a row back, a guy wearing a Blue World Order um, in a sea. Oh, okay. In the sea of New World Order t-shirts, there's a guy with a BWO t-shirt and he's on his cell phone, probably to his mate going, can you see me now? Can you see me now? And then he's giving it the finger to the V. He's like, can you see me now? Because obviously it's a pay-per-view. So his mate's probably, you know, watching at home. But that was brilliant to see. And he was directly behind. Yeah, he was behind the Sting face paint dude. And I'll tell you what match it is. I clocked him. Yeah, I just, it's him. I had to put it in my notes because I just couldn't stop like, you can't stop looking at this guy when it goes like the camera goes to him. It's like stealing focus, isn't he? There's there's a few people with face paints in the crowd, actually. Yeah. Um, they're a hot crowd, man. This is North Carolina. You know what I mean? South Carolina. South Carolina. Sorry. Yeah. In actually, there's one move where um someone says, "Oh, he's been thrown into North Carolina." Yeah. <laughs> um. You're right, there was a, a suicide dive. which It was really by nice Dragon, thing. sorry. Yeah, it wasn't by Psychosis, it was by Dragon. Yeah. Um, this is when Dream loses it again because Tony mentions the particle boards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the ice. Particle and, boards. And yeah, uh, there's an assay moonsault on the yep. particle boards yep. and <laughs> can't contain himself. Uh, Sonny. Get Sonny, Bo- uh, Sonny Bono, Sonny, Sonny Bono, Bono. Get, <laughs> he get, hits Psychosis with a nice spin kick. Yeah. The ref comes out, finds out, and 
Sonny as hilariously as he can says, Oh no, I think he slipped. Yeah. I think he had accident. He goes, I yeah. think he slipped. I think he had accident. Um, <laughs> Great. And it's it's kind of annoying that this match isn't clicking with the fans. They're not that bothered. I mean, as as um you know, as, as matches go, this is second on the card. You've had a good opener with um Eddie Guerrero versus uh Dean Malenko. You know, th- this is um it's a it's a great match. Um it's a, it, it's a great match and it's a shame like you say that they don't really you know that the, the fans are not really on it. They're not really feeling it too much. No. That's a shame. Um there is a botched finish. Yeah, there's um there's a, a double face plant off the top yeah. first, which is a bit sketchy as well. Um, uh, yeah. Bit crazy. Um, yeah, the I've got the botch finish. I just like it, it eventually turned into a top rope DDT, but I'm not really sure what they were going for before that. Yeah. And then uh, Dragon hits a Tiger Suplex pin. Yeah. The win. And Sonny Ono calls out six, you know, which is quite rare to see a heel call out another heel. But that's where they go with it. Again, the fans went into it, and it's it's disappointing. He, but Son, Sonny Ono and, and uh, the Dragon, they put they put their feet on psychosis in the ring, and they're going in the camera. He's like, I want a challenge yeah. for my Dragon. And then they proceed in 1997, taking selfies in the, in the middle of the ring, which is just fantastic. And obviously, yeah. you you know, you could have got those on WCW.com. Uh, we get Mean Gene again, plugging the hotline, because it must be a money spinner for him or something. He just, every every time he comes out, it seems like he's plugging that hotline. He brings out DDP, Diamond Dallas Page. Um, DDP says, they know my name. I'm calling that a cheap pop. Yeah, because they're shouting DDP, DDP. Yeah. Um, and he Savage, comes out to, he sorry, comes out and Savage, Savage, yeah. yeah. Savage keeps forgetting his name, and they said it on the nitros before. They're like, "Oh, what's that guy's name?" Uh, you know, the redhead guy, crazy guy, whatever. And uh, yeah, you know, they're just playing up this whole thing. No, you know my name. Uh, DDP says that Savage can uh, snap into this. Yeah, diamond. Cut, I think, and then you hear Savage with his uh, brother, 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 brother. <laughs> I thought that was good. Um, and Savage has a treat for everyone. Him and Elizabeth, they're at the, uh, they're a little bit further away from DDP, but he has a magazine, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> this magazine is a Playboy. It's it's actually Nude Celebrities magazine. Yeah. Um, Playboy, yeah, and it has pictures of Kimberly, but with uh, expertly, you know, someone's covered her, her bits with NWO. These photos are available on the internet now, though, if you wish to see them. Oh, right, <laughs> pretty sure I wouldn't know. <laughs> no, a uh, research, mate, research, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Savage yeah, is good here. Savage yeah, is you good. know. Um, Kimberly, but the thing is as well, they'd also played out in the storylines. You hadn't seen Kimberly for a long time prior to she this. Was the booty babe, wasn't she? She was the booty babe. So what? They, you know, she and and they're they're breaking kayfabe a little bit here now, where they where where Savage says, "Oh, it's your wife 
Kimberly's your wife. And I mean, I don't know if we even knew they they were supposedly boyfriend and girlfriend. Then the booty, and then she gets with Brutus, the barber beefcake, aka the booty man, um, turns into the booty babe. Then literally she fucking disappeared. And then now she's re-emerging in this pay-per-view. So yeah, um, Macho Man comes out with the nudie celebrity magazine with NWA sprayed over her boobies and all, uh, all the other bits. So you can't really see it, but they can uh, show it. Savage here is unbelievably funny. I mean, he's, I mean, he's slightly dirty old man geezer sort of thing. One hundred percent. He's. He's you know, you the man, you the man, Paige. Yeah, you the man. <laughs> and Kimberly comes out and distracts Paige for no real reason. She just comes out crying. He yeah, turns she's like back. she's spray painted NWO all over yeah. her, which is crazy. Yeah. But she's I swear she's legit crying tears in this bit, dude. By the end of it. She's a fucking good I, actor. But it uh, looks like legit tears, man. She's selling the fuck out of it. Savage jumps Paige, beats him, sprays him, and still shouting at him, you the man. Yeah. I mean, and then Liz sprays Kimberly. New attitude for what we knew as Miss Elizabeth. That's right. She's like, let me do it. And crazy. This magazine would get honourable mentions throughout this pay-per-view as well. It would get a few more, yeah. <laughs> it gets a few more mentions by the commentary team and also in another vignette by the uh, NWO. Uh, what do we have? We have, next up is, is Mort- Mortis. Mortis. I'm using my English accent here. Sorry, guys. It's Mortis. Mortis, yeah. You know what I mean, son? Um <laughs> It's Mortis with James Vandenberg. Or James or Mitchell. Canyon, as we like to refer him to. God rest his soul. Yeah, against this is Glacier. Chris Canyon underneath the mask here. He's against Glacier in a martial arts match, whatever that means. And I've, I've got here is the Battle of the Hokey Gimmicks. It's fucking Mortal Kombat, bro. It's Mortal yeah. Kombat. Um, it is as Mortal Kombat as you can get. Um, apparently Mortis trained in the blood sports, whatever that is. The blood sports is the, what he the said. The blood sports. Is that like Jean-Claude Van Damme? Get me Kung, Kung Pao. I want Kung Pao now. Like, yeah, maybe. Um, Those illegal tournaments. <laughs> um, I've got here that Canyon throws, oh, sorry, Mortis Canyon throws a cracking punch. Oh, Mortis as a character. Fantastic. I mean, Kenyon's a big guy. Um, he, he was really good under the mask. Um, James Vanderberg, a.k.a. James Mitchell, really good on, on the outside. Um, but it is literally like Reptile versus Sub-Zero in Mortal Kombat. I've just got Mortal Kombat gimmick match because at this time, video games were fucking huge. Mortal Kombat was absolutely... Mortal Kombat, the people behind Mortal Kombat weren't, you know pushing for Glacier to do a disappearing act. Yeah. Because, oh, you know, the, ice, the, the ice is melting, as Vanderberg saying. Yeah, that for sure. Um, my, the favourite part of the match for me was the baseball slide from Mortis to Glacier, which he sold beautifully against the rail and stuff. Good, yeah. It, yeah, I thought that was really nice. And then uh, Dusty asked for that magazine. Yeah. 
He said, "Is that that, that magazine still floating about?" <laughs> he said, "I'm sure there's I'm sure there's some other pages that haven't been defaced." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was funny. Um, what is it? The famouser. Um, yeah, I'm prettier. Famouser. Yeah. Um, I've got here as well a lot of shit kicks. A lot of shit kicks, and also yeah. a really bloody slow ref count. There's oh, a few, yeah. A few really slow counts. And yeah, a lot of shit kicks. I've, I've got here as well. It was hard work in the end. Like I was struggling to get it, keep stay into this. Um, and there was a shit kick for the win. Like a they call it the cryonic kick. It was just a super kick. Yeah, selling. It wasn't, the... very, it wasn't very super. No, selling. Selling the ice gimmick with the cryonic. Yeah, Ugh. and Glacier gets the win. And then Vandenberg starts summoning something on the in the aisleway, and it's it's the man formerly known as Adam Bomb. Yeah, it's it is. Wrath. Wrath, yeah. Yeah, he would uh, later be... He was Brian Clark. He would later become Brian Clark from Chronic. Mm-hmm. Um, hell of a tag team, I think. <laughs> Well, I mean, he looked a million bucks when he when because basically what happened in the ring, Sub Zero gets the win. Sub Zero, fucking yeah. Glacier gets the win. And to be fair, Glacier weren't a bad worker. Canyon's not a necessarily bad worker. There were two guys that are having a, a fairly all right match, you know, um, gimmicks aside. And then obviously Glacier wins, and um, Vanderberg's at the end, like summoning him to the ropes and taking, distracting him. And then Mortis grabs like a kind of shillelagh kind of yeah, stick and stick. decks him. Yeah. And then obviously, yeah, they beckon this guy down, and no one knows who they don't know who his name is, do they? Uh, yeah, they don't. Uh, yeah, we, he does become wrath, but he's, yeah, he's, personally uh, though, I think he should have kept. They, he should have pulled because he come down in like some kind of metal kind of mask, and I honestly think that he should have taken the mask off, and there would have been another mask underneath. Because I think, but two mask characters, and the fact that as soon as he removes his mask, everyone can see that it's Adam Bomb. Yeah, it's Adam Bomb. So and, uh, um, yeah, I think they should have kept him under a mask. Would have been um, a lot more. It would have been. It would have been good with the old Mortal Kombat gimmick as well. Um. It's a shame they didn't try to do Goro, isn't it? Yeah, it would have had someone come out with like different sets of arms with like string sure attached to him. Yeah, so I'm you sure could. The WCW office might have suggested it one day. I'm sure they bloody did as well. Yeah, um, we get a recap of the car wreck, car wreck, um, where the outsiders run the Steiners off the road. Yeah, but must we don't. Bad. That bad luck they were talking about. Yeah, I mean, because on the nitros they 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 say about them having a car accident, but no one actually mentions that the NWO were involved on yeah. on the nitros. This is the first we hear about it, and it's they've got the the video camera, and yeah, they they you, they start you know they driving behind him, nudging the Steiners, and then they and to be honest, dude, the car crash looked legit as fuck, man. Like it, it was. It was good, man. Like, you couldn't see... I actually genuinely was watching it and thinking, shit, man, that was done really well. Um, yeah, it was good, good, good stuff. Uh, we have a strap match next. It's uh, it's Buff Bagwell. It's Buff and he's the stuff. But one um, of my favourite matches on this card, dude, I know you might um, 
disagree okay. or it might be a surprise okay. to you. But I He's fucking love this. He's the tag partner, Scotty Riggs. And Riggs comes out to that fucking American male song. Yep. Fuck's sake. Yeah. What? Oh, this is awful. It's, I mean, look it up for anyone that wants to, you know, have their ears attacked for a minute. It's the worst wrestling song since that X Factor one, you know, that X Bucket M came out to in 2001. The worst one I've heard, you know, since then. But yeah, American Males is, is grim. It's grim. It's a horrible and- song. And to be honest, he does his ring attire as well, uh, Scotty Riggs. It could they could have done a bit better with his ring attire as well. He's looking a bit dated, man. Um, I don't know whether that's just Buff Bagwell's was looking. It's it's trash. You know, Riggs wouldn't get a better gimmick until he turned until he turns out with the flock. Later later down the line, but. Uh, yeah, this is this is a strap match, and I can't imagine it's any fun getting hit with this strap at no. any point. It looks, you know, you can see the welts on these guys towards the end, and it's, it sounds brutal, it looks brutal, and I think it's a bit of a throwaway for these two. Giving them a, giving them a match like a strap match, I think it's a bit pointless. Yeah, I mean, it, again... Every match on the card has some kind of gimmick, kind of to it. Um, it's I I really enjoyed the match. I thought that the way that Buff Bagwell played to the cameras, he was an absolute pro, absolute pro. He knew where the camera was at all times. He played to it at the correct times. You know, he looked calm and composed selling that gimmick and he was just sometimes he would just do moves and then look at the camera it's like how beautiful was that you yeah. know like he, he's just absolutely phenomenal marcus alexander bagwell um where did it all go wrong it, i mean it this is is absolute he's absolute fucking money in this man he is he looks the business um he wrestles well um you know the way he's he's got the talk. He he's playing up to the cameras. It's absolutely phenomenal. He's like I love myself like no one else I know. You know it, it is just he, he plays to the camera brilliantly. Um, it's there, there's also a very interesting uh, piece of shoot interview history with uh, Buff Bagwell where he talks about um, him possibly going to WWF. Um, that is something that you guys all should check out on YouTube as well. It says the story of how he nearly went there, but then they ended up buying the company and they ended up sacking him after two weeks. Um, yeah, main evented as well. Yeah. He main evented Raw and then they got rid of him. Uh, Dream says he can't just sit there thinking about that Playboy magazine. <laughs> <laughs> and he also references a sack of cement. A lot in this. Sack of semen, yeah. Sack of but, semen. but it sounded like a sack of semen when it he kept did. saying it. He's like dragging him there and the, and the sack of semen. It's like, no, what? Um, I think it was just my brain when they because they were talking about the magazine and then talking about a sack of semen. It was just. <laughs> and I don't think Tony can handle it anymore because he just starts going at it with Dusty. Yeah. <laughs> and it's. 
I just think it's crazy. Like it's just like the booth is go. It's just they're arguing with each other over it. It's crazy. Um, there was a funny moment in this for me when uh, Buff stands Scotty up and makes him do that stupid American males clap. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was uh, I was cracking up with that one. Like, it made me actually stop and laugh. Like um, the ref. Uh, ref gets involved. He shoves Buff to the ground. The crowd seemed to love that one. Getting in his face and that. Yeah. yeah. But then again, Buff plays to the cameras because the camera's right on top of him. And uh, the ref says, oh, and he's like, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then he looks directly at the camera as soon as the ref t- yeah. turns away and he goes, I'm not really. It's just absolute gold from Buff Bagwell in this match. He is. It's a, it's a hell of a gimmick, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic, dude. Love it. Um, Riggs hits his back on the apron hard yeah which eventually plays into the end of the match but Jesus that that looked like it hurt yeah it looked painful man that was coming up to the end of the match and just before Bagwell like choking him while he's hanging off the side of the ring yeah I don't mean you can do that these days either yeah but yeah yeah Bagwell yeah he hit he Backdrops him, he waxy hits his back really hard on the uh, on the apron, and yes, I don't think there's any comfortable way to deal with that. And Bagwell gets the win, hitting all four corners with a laid out rigs on the floor. So uh, it was it was I mean it was quick enough, it was all right, it was it wasn't it wasn't, but I mean Bagwell's obviously the star of this match. He's they're getting him over, and he's doing everything he can to get himself over. He he does steal this match. It's brilliant. There there is one one point on commentary where the brain says to Tony Schiavone um, when they're talking about oh he has to hit all four corners and then brain says to him yeah if there were twenty corners you'd have to take your shoes off. <laughs> it's the brain just oh, yeah. you know that classic you know if you have to count above ten you have to count your toes kind of thing. It's just. I mean, like, we, we love the brain. It is, you know, it's a given. So those little moments are fantastic. Um, the NWO backstage, we get one of their vignettes, they guarantee victory. Talking about their man, Dennis Rodman, being there. Um, Randy Savage also has the, uh, has the magazine. He does. Um, and they're, they're ripping into Kimberly and Paige and stuff, and at the end of it, at the end of the of the segment, you just hear the question, why are the pages stuck together? Yeah. And he says, sorry about that. Oh. <laughs> Matt Joe says, but there's, a, there's something about a training bra. They say about a training bra. Yeah. And they it's... say, yeah, the, um, she doesn't need a training bra or whatever. But there's also, they're talking about initiations. And they're talking about, you know, what we put Rodman through. Is he going to turn up in a wedding dress? And then they they're insinuating some really weird stuff, and it's like, yeah, yeah, he taught us, he taught me some other stuff, you know, that we can do, and it's like really weird, like, oh, like what did you do to initiate yeah. him, like <laughs> creepy shit, like some, you know, and these are old guys, yeah, dude, you know, like it's really creepy, it's like, oh, what the fuck were you guys doing, man? But yeah, it's uh, the, the pages are stuck together, and that's I think that's as far as we need to go on that. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we got Harlem Heat with Sister Sherry. 
against the public enemy in a Texas tornado match. Yep. And the public enemy have bought some plunder. They bought some plunder. They got their plunder. Um, public enemy are over here. Yep. With the crowd. You know, yep. just the same crowd that, you know, went silent for a cruiserweight match are really into what public enemy are doing. And that just that just really does baffle me. I mean, th- this this match was as close to chaos as you can get. Yeah. To be honest. There was so much chaos we had that fucking double screen again. Yeah. Which I think I spoke about in Beach Blast. Yes. I couldn't stand it then. I can't stand it now. It's too difficult to follow what's going on. Um, um, just for our video viewers as well, another piece of merchandise. We've got Booker T, Toy Biz figure, Sucker. Um, he's wearing actually what they're wearing in this match, the flamage. So, uh, yeah, just for our video viewers there, sorry, podcast guys. Toy Biz had a good line of stuff, WCW stuff. They I really like some of their some of their work. It's good good stuff, man. They Yeah. I mean, we're we're a sucker for any um, figure, really. To, yeah, you know, we're marks. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dusty at the top of his voice. He's got a commode lid. He's got a commode, a toilet, toilet seat. He's got a toilet seat. And, uh, yeah, it's it, it's that kind of you know it's that kind of match. There's you know rubbish bins, there's trash can lids. You know, all the cookie sheets and all of that. It's all just, you know, one after the other. Runs gets a cut as well. Don't know how it happened. I don't think he... I'm pretty sure he didn't blade. No, it was... It was, a, it, was yeah. it was hard way, baby. It was um, hard way. Um, Sherry actually injures herself very early on in this match as yeah, well. cut on her cheek. No, it wasn't on her cheek. It was... she. She fucked her thumb up. So oh, really? right at the beginning, yeah, she smacks one of them with a frying pan. And I think as she's hitting with the frying pan, it's come back and it's either pulled her nail off and made it start bleeding because you notice as she's walking back up that she's got a bleeding thumb. Um, and I think she's just wiped... She just touched her cheek. She's touched yeah. her face, yeah. And uh, um, she's and and that's the the, the blood because it's like because I thought she'd cut her face but then when you closely watch it I I noticed literally within one minute of the match starting she cracked him with the frying pan and she's hurt her thumb because she was like that she was like ah you know but she she was the third man in this match baby oh she was she was amazing um Dusty and Brain can't contain themselves any longer in this match they they are absolutely cracking up like laughing you can hear clapping and stuff like with them they just can't help themselves with all the with all the plunder all the you know the cookie sheets and the frying pans and stuff you know they ask who's refereeing is it martha stewart no it's betty white it's great stuff the Um, dream loses his shit he absolutely at one point he's just like laughing to the point where he's like you know he he literally (laughs) cannot contain himself is absolute gold. Uh, Sherry is crazed. She's choking Rocco Rock. She's, you know, laying in punches. It's low right. blows. Yeah, she was on point. It's it's chaos to follow this one. It's hard work. Yeah. But like, it's better hard, better than you know, 
what Glacier and Mortis were trying to do because that was hard to follow just because it wasn't that good. Whereas this is just, this is fun. You know, the fans are charting that they want the table. Um, Public Enemy do put Stevie Ray through the table with some sort of double spot. They both try and go through it as well. Yeah. And then, just as, you know, you think anything, you you can't get any better, Jeff Jarrett and Mongo come out. (laughs) And Mongo doesn't blow a spot. He hits... He hits Rocco Rock with a briefcase. Yep. And you get a Harlem hangover from Booker T, which was always a favourite move of mine. I really enjoyed that. And you get the win. It's it's funny. This Harlem hangover, though, if you watch it carefully, um, Booker T lands on his head, on, on, on um, Johnny Grunge, I think it is, lands on Johnny Grunge's head because Johnny Grunge moves. And Booker is having stern words with him while he's covering him. So just watch that as well. That's one for Matthew uh, Botchamania. Um, that wasn't a bad match. It was good fun. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it was another public enemy match. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. It was another public enemy match where it was it wasn't, just absolutely... It wasn't the Nasty Boys, so... It weren't the Nasty Boys, so we're all right with that. That's, that's fine. Um, mean Gene with Team WCW minus Rick Steiner. Uh, I've got here Luger. Jesus, he's been hitting the Ico Pro. He <laughs> is wrapped. It's true. I've got Luger ripped. Yeah. yeah he is. Wow. Um, Scott Steiner wants to beat the NWO to a pulp. Um, now, I don't know whether this is because I couldn't hear it that well or, you know, my volume was down, but it seemed like the giant was whispering. He was very quiet and then started shouting at the he end. Started shouting, yeah. And, I was like, they shouldn't have just, they should have just not bothered letting him talk. I think the way they booked the Giant from start to finish in the whole of his run in WCW was quite poor anyway. Yeah. Yeah, they're letting him whisper into a microphone and stuff. I was like, okay. And Lex Luger defends tradition and the NWA and, you know, all that stuff. He says, this is not about wrestling. This is about society and the NWO with their anti-establishment trash. So he's standing up for the establishment, you know, for what is right, you know, for the NWA and all that, like you say, yeah. And he's, you know, these is teaching the kids that being anti-establishment and going up against authority isn't good. And I mean, I'm an anti-establishment kind of guy anyway. So I was thinking at this point, actually, fuck you, Luger, man, like... You know what I mean? Let's not go yeah. down this road. But uh, yeah, no, he was he was you know setting up the angle. These guys are against the establishment of WCW, and yeah, I mean it was all right. It, it wasn't a great promo, I didn't think personally. Uh, no, it wasn't. Um, it's a TV title match: Rey Mysterio Jr. against Prince Iacare. And I have my thoughts on the Prince. Um, I'll try and be positive. Do you, do you, are you not a fan no. of Prince? Are you a fan of Prince Iakea or the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea or the artist? Neither, none. None, yeah. because he would later become the he artist become formerly the artist. known as yeah. Prince Iakea, and the artist. I mean, whose idea was that? He can, he can work though. I mean, he, Ugh, he, work is a strong word in this one. All right, no, I mean he, he he's got moves. Um, yeah, <laughs> and he can string them together and have a good match. 
Um, yeah, at this point, WCW's commentators are wondering why no one stepped up for Rick Steiner. And I think we're all wondering that too. Um, DDP has obviously been taken out of it, but they they've got a whole Yeah, they mentioned that DDP might step in, hey? Yeah, but then he got jumped by Savage. Now, at this point, as well from, you know, wrestling booking 101, you're half expecting Rick Steiner to come out and either be in the team, you know, or just to turn and join the NWO. Like, you can never rule anything out with WCW booking, which, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's you know, just something you expect now, isn't it? Swerve turns everywhere. Yeah. Um, but back to the uh, TV title match. Tanae's back in the booth. Um, I've got here, I've never rated Prince Ikea. Um, there's a flip sent on from Rey Mysterio. Uh, Prince does a, he does a springboard to the outside, which is all right. Um, it's clumsy, though. This whole match seems a little clumsy, like they're not working well together. Um, I, I will mention Rey Mysterio's gear in this match as well. The Spider-Man gear. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Like the 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 kick pads with the with the spider and the web on it. His mask was like Spider Manny. Um, good stuff. Is it, quick question: Do you prefer Rey Mysterio and Spider Man or Ric Flair and Peach? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anything with Flair is obviously gold. Because yeah, I, mean. I, I know how much you know. In one of our earlier episodes, you were talking about Ric Flair in Peach, and how well he looked. He 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 looked. I mean, Ric Flair always looked a million bucks. And yeah. to be honest, dude, it does piss me off a little bit that Flair and Anderson are not at this pay per view. I've not. Yeah, I've not really got. Uh, I've not really got to the bottom of it either. Well, yeah, I I I I, I mean. After this match, there's actually an advert for Spring Stampede. Yeah. Um, which the horsemen are in it. The horsemen are in it, and they're all actually on horses playing <laughs> the cowboy thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit, I mean, it, it's a weird one why there's no why there's no Ric Flair or Arn Anderson at this event, but uh, they are missing in action. And yeah. all we've got is Jarrett and Mungo and uh, Deborah and Mr. Ben Walt. Um, yeah. Was there a decent sun? Yes, decent sunset flip powerbomb from Ray. Yeah, spring powerbomb. Yeah, springboard yeah, moonsault by Ray as well. Yeah. Um, the crowd aren't into it again. They've they've fallen off. I think they just yeah maybe they don't like Prince I care either. Don't know. There's a ridiculous spot coming up as well where they both go for a drop kick and they end up fucking scissoring each other in the middle of the ring. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I've got weird drop kick, double drop kick on here. Um, but they literally are like, like scissoring, like you know. <laughs> anyway, maybe. Hey, maybe that was in the magazine. Oh no! Boom! 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 You know what I mean? It is. It's so strange seeing them scissor each other in the balls and um, hit the deck. Like it is really weird, weird spot. I don't think I've seen that before. The the time limit expires in this match. Uh, TV title matches usually got fifteen minutes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Rey Mysterio gets on the on the microphone, demands like more minutes. Yep. Prince Ikea agrees to it. Bobby says that's a stupid move, but he agrees to it, and he uh, Prince would end up reversing what we now know as the West Coast pop. He would reverse it into you know into a three count, and <clears throat> it just, you could have done that in fifteen minutes. Yeah, I don't think the extra. I don't. I don't see what the point was apart from trying to play up that um, IK is like a you know sportsmanship. He's a nice guy. Yeah. I mean, who's the face and who's the heel in this one? I no think one. that's why no one gives a fuck about this match. Yeah. Because there's no clear like what, I, what's I going have, on. I have my I have my theories on why Prince IK was TV champ. Um, it's because he couldn't wrestle longer than ten fifteen minutes. He looked blown <laughs> up. <laughs> he looked absolutely knackered. Your Prince Ike, your, your Dean Malenko is Prince Ikea then, yeah. <laughs> he could be, <laughs> but yeah, he he just looked he looked absolutely shattered, like ten ten minutes in, and he looked like he looked troubled, like for the rest of the match, which is probably yeah, fifteen minute matches probably his limit. But no, I digress. I res- I respect the prince for what he did. He uh, he he put himself about. So put himself. I mean, I, he, and like you say, he he went on not to be the artist time. formerly known as Prince Ik and the artist, which yeah. had a few good comedy moments, um, in the later years. But yeah, we have um we have the promo vid for Spring Stampede, first ever uh, one, new event. Back. Yeah. Yep. Um, and Michael Buffer is here again. It's main. You can tell it's a big time main event because Michael Buffer's here, and I feel for Michael Buffer because he's got to explain the fucking rules of this match. Yeah. <laughs> and the stipulation. There's a there's a lot to go over in this one, you know, and it was, it's a weird one because you've got, I mean, I don't, I I, I personally don't understand why Piper and his team are involved in this one. I don't. I don't quite. Piper wants a cage match with Hogan. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I mean. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah, it was just. I mean, Piper wants his cage. He wants his cage match with Hogan. He had beaten Hogan with the sleeper at Starcade, but inexplicably, it wasn't for the world title. Don't get me started on that. Um, yeah, he wanted the sh- another shot at Hogan. Uh, WCW wanted rid of the NWO, so it was. Three years they would be banned for if w- Team WCW won the match, and NWO could challenge for any title they wanted if they won. And they I also... think Michael Buffer looked bored. Yeah, I mean, it's... so they would get the the if the NWO lost. Uh, sorry, if Team WCW won, NWO would give back all the belts and yeah. not wrestle in WCW for three years. Where they're going to wrestle? That's, I mean, you knew straight away that there was yeah. no way that the, the team WCW were going to win. Just from when when they're mentioning that, you just think, well, that's not going to happen, is it? Um, you're going to go ECW, are they? Yeah, you know, it's one of them ones. So, team NWO wins. They can challenge for any title, any time, any place. Yeah. And yes, if Piper's team wins, Piper gets... Uh, a match with Hogan in the cage, which he eventually gets. Yeah, you know later on, I think maybe Halloween Havoc, 
97, something like that. Yeah, he does get one. Around that time. Uh, yeah, he gets it because it's uh, it's like maybe just before or just after Hell in the Cell, the first one, okay, which yeah. we speak about only a week ago. That um, was our, our last episode was about yeah. um, WWF In Your House 18 Bad Blood, which was the first Hell in a Cell match. Absolutely. We know how to tie stuff into our old episodes here. We're, we're getting yeah. good at it. <laughs> the, crowd, the crowd are ready for this. They're ready for this main event. There's a lot of four fingers going yeah. up. And this is why it's very sad that in South Carolina, you don't have Arn Anderson and Ric Flair somehow getting involved in this match. But then you think if they are involved in this match, they'll take too much away from it. They're going to win it. You know what I mean? They're yeah. going to find a way somehow to, to, to overcome. Yeah. It's possible that Flair and Anderson, Flair in particular, is probably too over to be in this match. You know, it's again, it's the whole legend, you know, perspective. Like, you know, when Flair took on Conan at Bash at the Beach, people were going to be behind Flair. They were never going to get behind Conan for it. Flair's yeah. a legend, and people get behind legends. They always want to see legends win one more, one more title, one more match. They just, it's just the way of the world. And maybe giving the Flair the night off was to just stop the fans from being all over Flair. It's true. South Carolina is, is horseman country and Flair yeah. would have just been over, over. Yeah. Um, it looks like, well, this is what made me laugh because I've got here, it looks like the workhorses are going to open the match. And so you've got Benoit out first, followed by Scott Hall and then the Giant. Yeah. But maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> I was fully expecting Scott Steiner to be out first. Because <laughs> you know, then you've got three proper, like, crazy workhorses doing the first five minutes, but they put the giant in there, and again, it, that, it comes down to WCW's booking of the giant. You know, he could have cleared house later on. Yeah. But instead, he's he's dominant early, even choke slamming um, Benoit. Oh, it gets him so high up and it looks like such a savage move. Scott Hall breaks up the pin in this elimination match. I'm like, I was like, okay. Yeah, so the rules to this are, so you've got you've got four, three teams of four men, okay? And they're going to have one man from each team go in first and wrestle for five minutes. Then they're going to enter another one from each team and every two minutes after that, they're going to do it, and then and when everyone else is in, then it's unlimited time. And people can be eliminated by pinfall, over-the-top rope, or submission. Or knockout. Or <clears throat> knockout. Knockout, which I'm not sure how that's going to work, but Giant eliminates himself. Basically, yes. Goes running into the corner, does like <laughs> a, a Ric Flair bump, but forwards basically and 400 odd pounds of man goes flying out to the outside I just yeah I was just so like again like the way they booked this giant you know like I've not got a lot of positive things on this one and we you know how positive we try and be about everything um him eliminating himself is just you know why not get six or seven guys to throw him out and and also 
this team is already one man down. Yeah. It's already uh, Rick Steiner's not involved. Uh, out next, we have Jeff Jarrett, uh, Macho Man, and Lex Luger. Um, Luger's shown his power, lots of press slams, and, you know, on Savage, and maybe Jarrett gets one. This, yeah, it's a short time period, though, these now. They're getting smaller and smaller, so more people are coming out. And here comes Mongo. I was yep. hoping we'd see more of him, but we didn't. No. Um, Mongo, Kevin Nash, and Scott Steiner make their way out. Yeah. Scott Steiner comes out and just starts laying waste to the NWO. All his power moves, all his... Yeah. You know, he he he, he literally, he, the way he picks up Diesel and gives him like a belly-to-belly... Yeah. Diesel, uh, Nash, uh, you know, he gives him a belly to belly. He he gets hold of Hall, get, slams him. It's um, all really impressive. Yeah, he 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 starts clearing house. He really does. Uh, and then, I I mean, for me, it just feels really quick that people just start to get eliminated. People start to get chucked out, and Jarrett goes first. He Nash eliminates him. Yeah. Hall eliminates Mongo. Mongo doesn't really get any offense in at all. No. It's a shame for me because, you know, Mongo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was half expecting some of those uh, some of those chop blocks from Mongo. They're probably his best move. Yeah. But, yeah, we didn't see any of them. Um, Roddy Piper makes his way out. Big cheers for Roddy. Um, and in the midst of that, Scott Steiner gets eliminated. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a weird time to do it because as Piper, in the whole furore of Piper entering the ring and Hogan's yeah. supposed to be coming out at this point as well. So they're like, yeah. where's Hogan? Where's Hogan? Yeah, Steiner just goes and you don't really even see it. You don't even acknowledge it. It's like a, you know, a flippant, oh, Steiner's gone. It's, yeah, it's a weird production mistakes. You know, again, WCW, they're, make a few we've noted a few already like in other shows so they get one every time don't they yeah uh, hogan does come out eventually with dennis rodman he takes an age to get to the ring he's you know just he's, he's posing for photos that's all it is he's just you know your, your magazine front page ops and all that he's there's loads you know, of security there's loads of police there and security yeah. for rodman I noticed as Rodman's they were walking to the ring. The fans in the crowd. He's yeah. having fun. Well, we hope he's having fun. Um, lots of chance now for We Want Sting. Yeah. I think they were hoping he'd be the fourth man in Team WCW. But, it, yeah, it doesn't, uh, doesn't work out that way. Rodman pulls down the top rope for Piper to get eliminated. He finally uh, makes use of himself. But that doesn't stop Piper from running around the ring like a maniac, attacking anyone that breathes. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure Piper knew the rules. No, I don't, I don't think. But, I mean, like I say, it was just a bit crazy. It was it was very manic and very chaotic, this match. Um, in the midst of it, Benoit has been in it from the beginning and he's getting the absolute dog shit beaten out of him in the yeah, ring. Yeah, pummeling him. He takes, um, and it, it looks like he reluctantly takes a razor's edge as well. Yeah. Like they, they get him That's up. Him, yeah. yeah, 
Nash helps to get him up and that. And it's like, you know, at this point, he was absolutely battered. And then they just throw him over the top rope. And with, with Benoit being thrown out, it makes it four against one. The NWO team, Savage, the Outsiders and Hogan against Luger. And within seconds, Luger has got this crowd on its feet. Yeah. They are going nuts. He racks Macho. Macho gives up. He eliminates Nash over the top rope with a clothesline. This place is at, like you can see the camera started to shake a little bit because the place yeah. is rock. Um, he racks Hall. Hall gives up straight away. And now you're you're down to Luger and Hogan, and you're thinking, Christ, you know, WCW got a shot. And because there's no organization out there, it doesn't seem like there's any refs getting rid of anyone. Savage just pops back in and whacks Luger with the, with a can of spray paint. Yeah, I think they say he gets sprayed in the eyes. I yeah, I I don't. You don't see any evidence of that on Luger's face. No, they just say, "Oh, Rodman sprayed him in the eyes." Um, yeah, and Hogan Hogan pins him. Hogan's the last man standing for a change, and uh, and Team NWO win. That means they can challenge for any WCW title they want at any time. Almost like the twenty four seven title in the WWE, I guess. Yeah. But I don't think we see any of that. Rodman gets in the ring and sprays NWO on Luger's back and then starts, he tries to start paintbrushing him with some yeah. slap. And it doesn't look like any of them hit. No. Not and long. then Hogan has to step in and start doing it to give him some real yeah. slaps. <laughs> um, they leave the ring. The NWO leave the ring, you know, a little bit of pyro goes. You expect him to the show to go off the air. And from the top, <laughs> there he is. You can see our, him on my screen. Sting. Our, our video fans, uh, uh, anyone watching on YouTube can see now, obviously, that Jordan has got uh, a plush of Sting. It's a, yeah, Toy Biz classic here, Body Bashers of Sting. Yeah, dude. Um, and yeah, he drops down from the from the rafters in the ring on his own. And and also quickly bearing in mind, guys, this is not this sting that you're seeing here. I'm holding up a world championship wrestling sticker book from nineteen ninety one. This this sting is gone now. He this is sting gone. is never to be seen again. But we will miss you, Sting. We will miss it. And obviously, Jordan's holding up their WCW annual from around the same time. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's 91 as well. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Um, yeah, Sting from the top. The, the fans are going absolutely nuts. The commentators, you know, Heenan saying who, you, who you're playing for. And Hall gets in the ring, charges at him, whacks him. Like Sting hits him with the bat. And it's it's a sustained pop. Place goes wild. It's the biggest pop of the night for sure. Like bigger than Malenko winning the US title. And yeah. It... <laughs> and I mean, I've got here on my notes, it's one of the best endings to a pay-per-view I've ever seen. It, it was crazy because you, you've got, you know, Sting... He, the way he come, the way he descends right into the middle of the ring, right, and then releases 
the thing really quick. I mean, I hate to talk about um, yeah. heart, you know, yeah. but how is it that they could do that at, at uncensored with Sting? Obviously, he had the 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 strapping underneath the jacket or whatever. I don't know, yeah. but that was a had pretty to. quick release. You know, that was a pretty quick release, but. Um, you know, and then that happened to Owen. And um, I, I heard recently um, a more descriptive way on, I, I was listening to a shoot interview, someone talking about it. And basically Owen Hart's feather boa got caught in the quick release thing. And as he's tried to po pull his boa out of it, that's what's released it. Um, yes, yeah, fucking grim, man. Um you know, so yeah, I mean, it, it was a really the way Sting came into the ring, the because what it was, you, you've got the guys out and you think it's the end of the pay per view. You've got an empty ring, you've got the NWO on the outside of the ring, and they go to like a long shot of the ring, and then literally they they a shot goes up and you just see Sting. The, everyone's looking up and then Sting just comes into the middle of the ring. He releases the back harness really quickly. That disappears. Then he's standing there. And like you say, they all come in and he just fucking lays waste with his bat. He's whacking people here and there. And then it's, I've got on my notes, it's scorpion death drops all round. You know what I mean? That's, it's that's literally exactly what I've got on my notes. Scorpion death drops all round. That's it. And that he literally just, you know, he whacks them all with the bat one time. Scorpion death drops all round. And then he's standing there. Hogan and Rodman are outside and he's there pointing his yeah. bat. And he's like, you, I want you. And um, it is one of the best endings because, I mean, Hogan gets in the ring after he puts his Hogan, bat down. With a bit of uh, with a bit of encouragement from Rodman, he gets in the ring. Yep. And Hogan gets, what, Three punches and a scorpion death drop. This place is still like losing their minds about this. That's right. And you've and got Shavani. Go we've got Tony Shavani. We gotta go. We gotta we go. We gotta go. He's like properly screaming. We gotta go. Um, you know, and it's like literally the last moment of the pay per view is Hogan just getting scorpion death dropped yeah, and yeah. Um, great stuff. Great roll, ending. Roll the credits. That's yeah. it. I mean, that is, yeah, like I said, one of the best endings to a pay-per-view I've seen. Like, just... I mean, for for a crazy pay-per-view itself, it had a fitting crazy ending. It it was... It was beautiful chaos encapsulated, encapsulated with bits of this and that, you know, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, you know... Bobby the Brain Heenan, you know, the commentary team just losing their shit and laughing, having fun, um, you know, but then the seriousness of of what was going on was maybe taken away from a little bit by the way that they were on commentary. But then, like you say, it finished so strongly and so seriously with this new Sting, you know, who had been like a mannequin for the last however long. You know, he was walking with the NWO, but he never wore the T-shirt. He never said anything. Um, and you know, and like we're saying, that sting there, as you can see, that that sting with the face paint like that was gone. The bright colours, yeah, and he was now this kind of crow-like <laughs> character, um, the scorpion. What a, what a bargain this was! I think I only paid like six quid for it. Bargain. Yeah. But yeah, that's it, and uh, that's uh, that's your pay-per-view. That's uh. 
it was a it was a it was a really solid, decent effort from WCW who were banging out decent shows left, right, and center at this point. And it's just another excuse for us to watch more WCW stuff. It is, it is, it's uh you know, it, it had it, it had drama, it had some really good like I say, the car crash for me in this was just a great bit of footage done really well and it legit made me think shit man were they actually in that car uh i mean chances are they weren't because they actually went off the side of the road and flipped or whatever you know but it was oh damn it was that was good man um you know some solid matches eddie guerrero dean malenko ultimate dragon psychosis some good stuff going on see if you can see on the uh, i mean on the VHS cover, it says Ultimate Dragon, which uh, I think is funny. Uh, it's obviously not Ultimate, it's Ultimo. But I'm pretty sure they called him Ultimate Dragon. Oh, on the show? Yeah. I don't remember seeing that. I hope they didn't. But I'm, I'm pretty sure they, at some points, and, and even on, on other events, I swear they've called him Ultimate Dragon before. Oh, jeez. Yeah. In, well, and they say, obviously, he was trained by the Bruce Lee wrestler from uh, from Japan, but was big in Mexico. <laughs> by uh, Stretch Limo Rickshaw, right? Stretch Limo Rickshaw and Dusty losing his shit. Um, oh, oh, it's, great, it's, it's great stuff. It's your classic 1990s, late 1990s um, NWO you know, when they first started coming in. Because, you know, the the whole NWO angle, it, it, it got crazy. You know, there was there was a there was factions, there was there was more stuff going on. This was really early NWO inception. I mean, I've also got some other merchandise. I've got some uh, nineteen ninety-eight WCW NWO cards, and that was at the time when Goldberg had emerged yeah. into it and and that kind of angle w- w- was happening so you know this was really early i mean they still quite amassed quite a, a few people very quickly from the moment you know we had bash at the beach and we just had the original the outsiders and hogan from from that point on you know you had dibiossi um, come in i mean they should have done a hell of a lot more with dibiossi um, you know, and so you had you had DiBiase, you had Vincent, you had uh, Buff Bagwell. You know, the NWO at this point, you had uh, Savage. You know, you had Sting. Also, by this point, the Giant had been in the NWO, but then he'd left as well by this yeah, point. Yeah, and it weren't like, even that long. Again, it's it's down to that thing where, where we talk about the booking of the Giant, and uh, that that could be a whole episode in itself. Because yeah, the way but, they handled him, I mean, I'm sure people in Titan Towers were laughing their asses off, despite losing the battle at the time, were probably laughing their heads off at how he was being used. Yeah, I mean, well, when WWF got their hands on him as well, uh, it was, I believe his debut might have been Valentine's Day Massacre in your house. Okay. Um, we so And we've just had the NXT in your house um, revival again 
these things are good, but they piss me off because they're playing on that demographic of you and I who were grown up, you know, and our age group who grew up watching in your houses. Yeah. And they're, they're playing on that nostalgia to get people to watch NXT. And they even bought Toddy P back, the great legend Todd oh, Pettengill. Yeah. Um, they brought him back for do some promos, but to be honest, I haven't watched the NXT in your house, and oh, I've already said it. It was last night, um, and I've already said if Todd Pettengill isn't involved in in a bigger role in that, I will make a formal complaint to WWE because you can't <laughs> have an in your house without Todd Pettengill. You he, know, you at the beginning. I've seen the first. I've seen like an hour or so of it so far. Is he involved? He's. He like I said, he's involved at the beginning. The free for all. Get, the... You also get a shot. It's uh, only a picture on a wall, but they do know it. It's uh, our man Doc Hendricks. Yes. <laughs> so they are playing on the nostalgia field for people like us. A hundred percent, man. But you know, for me, when I hear when someone says WWF in your house or WWE in your house, all I can hear it is in Todd Vett Pettengill's voice saying WWF in your house, you know, and, and yeah. the live free for all and all that. And, you know, I would have just loved, I mean, I don't know if they've done it yet. I will watch the pre-show and I will watch it. Um, but it's just another one of them things where WWF, I think are trying to get money out of people to play on that nostalgia. Like the, the new figures, the, the Mattel retros. Uh, yeah, I don't have any of those. I don't have any of them either. I, I looked at a couple of them to get them. I looked at the one of The Rock to get them. I looked at the Goldberg one. But I have made a rule that I don't like to buy. I very rarely, if ever, buy a WWF, WWE made figure of the big dub, um, WCW stars. I don't, I don't like doing it. I like, I won't, I won't buy a Mattel Sting. Like, I, I won't do it. Um, it's just me being a jerk, basically. <laughs> it's just me being a fucking stubborn bastard. But for me, if you want a figure of Sting. I mean, I've got ones here behind me. You know, I've got the Toy Biz Bruisers one where he's on, you know, he's on the, he descends on the thing and he's got yeah. his black baseball bat. I've got that. You know, I've got other Sting figures from that that, that era. Um, you know, I don't like to buy the new WWE figures of the old yeah, WCW stars. Yeah, dude. So the Giant. The Giant. In his uh, toy biz face. I mean, look at that. He's ripped here, isn't he? Absolutely Beautiful. ripped. But yeah. Um... But yeah, we haven't we haven't watched in your house. But the giant would go to WWF slightly later, uh, and he would show in St Valentine's Day Massacre, which was an in your house. It was one of the last, if not the last, in your house. Yeah. True. Because they had. Um, you know the uh, the in your house the numbers they all had a name but then yeah they come to the end they had the NWO in your house uh, no way out oh yeah and it actually had the NWO yeah that was uh, yeah that was a uh, the NWO revival but I'm sure we'll cover that another time it will definitely do that pay per view no way out um, 
we, we'll, we'll definitely do that. So, yeah, I mean, we, this was the end of the pay-per-view. Great strong ending. We're going on a bit of a tangent, but we yeah. love to do it. Yeah, but, um, you know, strong, strong ending. We're not too sure what pay-per-view we're going to do next. We did have a little chat about a specific, quite a niche um, British wrestling one that we were talking about doing. We did, yeah, we did have a conversation about a British one. Um, but obviously... If anyone's got any pay-per-views they want us to see, they want us to see an ECW pay-per-view, you know, we'll gladly dip into the ECW market. Yeah. You know, if there's any WWF or again, like, I mean, you don't have to sell, sell it to me to watch another WCW show. You really don't. I will sit there and watch them over and over again. That's right. Because, you know, we grew up on world championship wrestling. You know, my poor dad had to, you know, uh, video record these uh these shows late at night on itv here in the uk uh but like you know two o'clock in the morning for me to watch and i just yeah I've, you know i'm on the lookout for a new uh for a galoob ring if anyone knows or anyone's got any ideas where i can get one <laughs> which is i know it's difficult because they're quite rare well <laughs> The thing is, as well, the prices of everything has gone through the roof during this lockdown because you've yeah. got guys that weren't usually collectors that are saying, oh, I've got all this furlough money or whatever, or I'm working from home and I've got money sitting around. And there's a few people with quite a bit of dough that are throwing it about and buying figures. And the prices have gone absolutely through the roof. Um, yeah. So for any collector, it's definitely a seller's market right now. So if anyone's looking at selling any figures, I would get on it and sell them now because it's definitely a seller's market. Price is absolutely through the roof. So, um, you know, and, and talking about the pay-per-views very quickly, we'll, we won't, we'll try not to do, you know, two or three of them on the trot. So this one is a WCW one. The next one will definitely not be a WCW one. You know, yeah. we will alt alternate it. So we're doing different promotions after each other just to break it up, you know? Yeah, there's of different different times. And for those of you who've got to the end of this, we want to thank you for still watching, still listening. Yeah. You know, however you're listening to us now, because the options are bountiful. Correct. You can on absolutely everything. And for, you know, I definitely want to thank everyone for subscribing to us on YouTube. You know, that was, that was a hell of a day. <laughs> Yeah, we, we just had loads of new subscribers. We went from something like 30 to 134 within less than 24 hours. You know, we just, it, it, it's brilliant, you know. We, so yeah, We are incredibly grateful for anyone that watches, anyone. And feel free to ask us questions, get asked. We'll, we'll shout out any of the good questions, any of the, you know, the good comments. 100%, you know, man. If anyone wants a uh, bit of merch. And if you don't want a bit of merch, then you are soft. As, <laughs> but anyway, thanks again for watching this video. Like and subscribe time. Like and subscribe. So we are on. If you want to watch this video version of our podcast, we are on YouTube as uh, Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops Podcast. You can just find us on there. Please subscribe to our channel on there. You can also get us. We're on Podbean. We're on Spotify. We're on Deezer. We're on CastBox. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on Listen Notes. And we are on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. 
Um, we're on Twitter. Jordan's banging on the Twitter at Chat Grapple Pops. We're on Instagram as well now. So we'll probably be putting a load of our different merchandise that we've been showing in this video. We'll be putting up pictures of our favorite bits of memorabilia. Um, so, yeah, that is a massive long list of where you can catch us. So whether you're watching a video, whether you're listening to the podcast, thank you 100 times. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, we're going to just keep banging out these episodes. So today it was WCW Uncensored 1997. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm Chris Dredd, my main man, JB. And uh, we will catch you in the next episode. So, yeah, thanks for joining us again, guys. And we will see you very soon. Take care. Stay safe.